Amen. He's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And more importantly, He's with us in the fire. Amen. You may be seated. The Christmas books that some of you had ordered were faulty. They were out of order. And so they contacted us and sent us a whole new batch. So if you had a, a one that wasn't right, they are here. You can pick them up from me after the service. Some quick announcements. Tuesday at 6 o'clock is Patriots United. Wednesday at 7 o'clock is our midweek service. Next week, next Sunday on November 19th, we will have a communion service. And then Wednesday, November 22nd, the night before Thanksgiving, we will not have service. So be aware of all of that. When we were first married, way back in the 80s, he was going, we were living in Tulsa because he was going to school. And I worked at ORU during the school year. And during the summer, I worked at the Southern Hills Country Club. And if you ever followed golf, Southern Hills Country Club is the place. They have some of the PGA tournaments there, but it's, it's high-end. Back in that day, in the early 80s, you had to pay $50,000 if you had the right references to belong there. And that didn't include your yearly fees, your greens fees, your food, and whatever else you wanted to do. And as a kid from Monroe, Nebraska, that just blew me away. I didn't get it. But we, there was um, up by the swimming pool and the tennis courts, there was a, it was kind of a high-end snack bar. And that's where we worked and served lunches to the kids that were swimming all day and the people coming from the tennis courts. And um, like I said, the people there were like the owners and the CEOs of Phillips Petroleum Company, Conoco, the Williams Company, which is a huge petroleum-based company. Um, Roy Clark lived just, you know, from Hee Haw, lived just up the road. And, and it was a beautiful place. It was a nice place. But the lady that I worked for was older. She was a friend of ours. And she had lived in the Tulsa area all of her life, and she had worked there for years. So as the people would come in, she'd kind of tell me about them. And inform me. And it was amazing when some of the ones that were just super mega wealthy would come in. They were the nicest people. They were just sweet and down to earth and humble. And they treated, you know, us just working in the snack bar just really nice. And most of their kids were really nice because I think they trained them how to, you know, deal with all the wealth and manage their monies and they train them how to work. But inevitably, the worst, most obnoxious, rude, crude, and ugly ones were the ones that had married into the family that had never worked a day in their life to earn any of that. And they were just, I reverted, wanted to revert back to the Monroe Tavern method of expelling people that way. They were just, I didn't, you know, just didn't like them much. They were nasty. But I'm saying all that because of this. We've been talking about finances and how God wants you blessed, that he gives you the ability to get wealth, that you might establish his covenant on the earth. 
But the thing is, people sometimes, when they start at ground level, will get discouraged and say, I can't do this, so I just give it all up. But the Word of God says in Zechariah 4.10, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And he says, in Luke, you can read the whole chapter of Luke. It talks about 16, it talks about finances and stewardship. But it talks about the faithful man abounds in blessing. So what I'm, I'm just encouraging you, if you're young, just getting started, if you've made mistakes, we made mistakes. And you start at ground level. And it shouldn't, you shouldn't expect to just jump in right away. It, in fact, it talks about he who hastens with his seat, hit with hastens with his feet sins it's god does things line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little and he says if the faithful man is the one that abounds in blessing so no matter where you are financially no matter where you are spiritually don't despise the day of small beginnings and don't quit just because everything isn't rosy and you aren't wealthy by tomorrow just do it line upon line, precept upon precept. Listen to God. The thing is, when you are born again, the instant you are born again, your spirit man is totally, completely, instantaneously recreated. But the rest of you ain't. You still have to renew your mind to the word of God. You still have to work on your godly character. And see, that's the ones that married into that had never developed any godly character. And so the line upon line things help you develop in the character and the godliness like God. That's where he wants you. So just like it talked about there, you should be glad for the battle because that's where God is. So I just want to tell you, work on your budgets. Establish your, your emergency funds. Do all those things the right way, but don't get discouraged and don't quit. It's line upon line precept upon precept. Ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I don't know about you, but I have a stirring in my heart that God is up to something. And I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want you or your family to be caught off guard. Amen? Amen. We've been on a, a series on the anointing for a long time, and We've gotten kind of sidetracked on the fire of God, and that's what we're going to be talking about, it's the fire of God. In fact, I'm going to, I could go so many rabbit trails today, but I'm going to give you a definition by the Greek scholar, 
Rick Renner. And this is what he says. Fire is an important symbol in Scripture and frequently represents purification and judgment. Say purification. Say judgment. Which effect of divine fire we experience depends wholly on our response to God. Let me say that again. Which effect of divine fire we experience depends wholly on our response to God. If we, are indiv- we, if we as individuals or as the church at large submit to the pleadings of the Holy Spirit and hear what the Spirit saith to the churches, we will experience the first type of fire, a holy fire intended to purify and to make us more like Christ. The first fire is unavoidable for a church that is submitted to the Lordship of Christ. This is a church submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to the dealings of the Holy Spirit. However, cooperating with this fire does not result in severe discipline. On the other hand, are you listening? If we resist the pleadings of the Holy Spirit and stubbornly continue to act in ways that are contrary to Christ's character, there's a second type of fire that burns up the chaff and consumes everything that stands opposes to God. Of course, God is merciful, and even this kind of fire is an act of His love and mercy. Consuming everything that is wrong and displeasing to Christ, this fire clears the way for genuine repentance so individuals or churches can rebuild with proper methods and behaviors that are compatible with Jesus' nature. That's the fire of God. I want to allow the refining fire of God to burn out everything in me that will stop a move of God in my life or hinder His flow of blessings. And so, this is where we're at. I believe the church in general, we've got to allow some things to be burned out of us. Anyone here with any character flaws? We all have them, don't we? Now, to become enlisted in this end-time army, one must go through the boot camp of the Holy Spirit and have all the carnal ways of warfare burned out of him or her. No allegiance to the flesh can be tolerated or defeat in the heat of battle will be inevitable. God has given the Spirit's power to burn all the fleshly desires out of these frontliners and baptize them totally in fire. That's the book I had in my library 30 years ago and I got it out and it's so pertinent to today. Unbelievable. Amen? And as I was meditating on that this week, this is what I got and this is what rose up in my spirit. Frontliners must be flatliners. Frontliners must be flatliners. When you think of flatlining, what do you think of? Dead. Say frontliners must be flatliners. 
Yes, we're new creations in Christ Jesus, new creatures in Christ. The old man is God. There's a new man. We still have to deal with the flesh. Amen? So frontliners must be flatliners. If you don't get anything today, leave with that. Should I just end the service? Frontliners, say it again, frontliners must be flatliners. Now maybe you don't want to be on the front line. There are a lot of Christians today and believers and churches that don't want to be on the front line. They don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to preach the living Word of God and tell the truth. They don't want to offend people. So, you know, if you don't want to be a frontliner, what would be another name for those people in the back row? <laughs> Bench warmers, thank you. So you can decide today, Harvest Church, if you're going to be a bench warmer or a frontliner. As for me and my house, we're frontliners. Amen? Give you a few scriptures to back that statement up. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. Romans 6.11, likewise you also consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to Christ. Galatians 5.24, and those who are Christ's, how many belong to Jesus? How many don't know? How, how many of you belong to Jesus? Raise your hand. Everybody in this room. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucify the flesh with its passions. Does your flesh have passions and desires? Yeah. Romans 8, 8, one more. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, if you're a bench warmer. You're concerned about your flesh. And I got a news flash for you. You're not pleasing God. Now listen, don't leave here with your tail between your legs and your head hanging low. We all have areas in our life to work on. Every one, is, uh, one of us in this room, we have some flaws. We're all works in progress. But God expects us to make an effort. If you're going to wrestle for Him, you might not be a great wrestler, but you expect them to do everything in their power to come up a notch. See, that's where we're at in this hour. The church has got to grow up. You want to go up, then grow up. Look at Matthew 3. I'm so, so blessed that my daughter-in-law, I'm proud of her, she picked a good song because that song is just what I'm going to minister on this morning. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, we said in review that there are two baptisms. There's John's baptism and then the baptism of Jesus. And this highlights it in Matthew 3, verse 11. 
and says, I indeed, this is John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? And fire. We said John's baptism places the individual in water and represents the new birth. The baptism of Jesus Christ places the Christian into the Spirit. You know, Acts 1.8, Acts chapter 2, you're all familiar, familiar with that. And what we're talking about this morning is how fire will purify and refine you and I. And we need to allow that purifying work to continue. Now look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 19. Let's talk about fire. Let's talk about three people who were in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen? I'm not going to read all of it. We're going to pick up in 19. Of course, you knew from, from the Scripture, and you've read, then you know the story probably since you were a child. They weren't going to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar. And as a result, they were cast into the fire. Let's pick it up in verse 19. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, do you got a pen? You, you got a phone, you can't do this. But you got your Bible open? How many got a Bible? You got a pen? I'm going to tell you to underline something. You're going to underline bind and bound. Those are the words. We're in verse 19. And you're, going to, you're going to see bind and bound as I read this. So pay attention and then underline that. It says, He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was unusually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor, boy, they had to be to do this, because they ended up losing their life, huh? Who were in his army to what? Bind, underline it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, underline what? Bound in their coats, their trousers, and their turbans. What a waste of threads and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, can you put yourself in their shoes? How would you feel? <laughs> then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see what? Four men loose. Say loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, didn't we sing about that today? If we're in the fire and the water, there's somebody with us. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. They saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Wow. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and they frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks against a miss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. What a way to fill a church. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So their clothes were not even singed, nor their hair. And an interesting thing, it says, he saw them, and what were they doing? They were moving around. Now listen to this, and I want you to catch this. The only thing that burned was the cord that bound. The only thing that burned was the cord that bound them. Now listen to this statement. When you and I are free of self, free of the sinful lusts that keep us bound, then God's life or God's anointing of the Spirit can flow freely through us to other people. But you have to be set free from those things that bind you. And we all have things in our life, do we not? Well, you're awful quiet. I do. Huh, you're the pastor. Well, I'm a human being. Your thought, wrong thinking can bind you. Poor diets can bind you. Should I quit? Alcohol and drugs can bind you. An elitist attitude can bind you. That's what she was referring to because some of those people, I worked there. Man, that was good food. I worked there just to eat because we didn't have much and I got to eat free. I think we did, didn't we? So there's some things in your life and my life that's binding us. And the only thing that can loose us is the fire of God working on you and I and our character. Now you can, you can be a bench warmer and say, no, you're not working on me. Or you can be a frontliner who's a flatliner and say, okay, Father, whatever has to go, whatever has to be burned away, so be it. Those are the people. That's the remnant. That's the attitude of the remnant church in this hour. Those are the folks that God is going to be able to use. 
Did you know Jesus suffered? He did. You and I cannot run from our tests and trials. We can learn from the life of Jesus Christ that He too suffered through tests and trials, but was victorious. Look in your Bibles to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Translation. I'll show you scripturally where Jesus suffered, not just on the cross. 1 Peter 4, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now listen. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. I love that. I've always loved that scripture. So when you, you and I, can, we can no longer live our lives in this hour in the flesh, gratifying the lusts of the flesh, but you and I need to live for the will of God. Say, I need, I will live for the will of God. Message translation says, Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from the old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Uh, let me say, because this is totally different. A little different statement. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. Think of your suffering as sufferings as weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. See, the flesh wants it to get the own way. It's got to be satisfied. Your flesh just wants to take over. It says, then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. What do you want today, Harvest Church? Reflect on your life right now. What do you want? What consumes your every waking moment? What are you thinking about? I want God. I want God. I want everything God has for me and my family. I want everything God has for this church. But we're going to have to allow some things to be burned out of us individually and corporately. Look at Hebrews now. Hebrews 2.17. Jesus suffered. Scripture tells us this. It says in Hebrews 2.17, Therefore in all things He had to be made like His brethren, that He might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For, he, for in that He Himself has suffered being tempted or tested. He's able to aid those who are tempted. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Jesus understands what you're going through. He went through everything. Look at Hebrews 5. Look over a couple chapters. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Look over at 
Hebrews 4, look over the previous page, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he was tempted, was he not? Look at Luke 4. This is, this is crucial for you and I in this hour. Do you know he was tempted by the devil? It says in Luke chapter 4, and I want you to catch this because this, this is so important. This is how Jesus made it through the wilderness. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Say it once more. Filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted or tested for 40 days by the devil. And how did he respond to all the temptations of the devil? It is written. So, it, it's not rocket science, folks. You want to make it through some testings in the days ahead? You want to get your fat out of the fire? Then get full of the Spirit. Full of the Word. Because if you're not full of the Spirit, you're not full of the Word, you're a bench warmer. You're not a frontline flatliner. Jesus was successful in His tests and trials. Do you know you and I can be successful? We don't have to fail. If we'll just keep our nose in the book. Keep filled with the Spirit. I'll be honest with you, and I say this sincerely, and I, I don't take this wrong, but if I couldn't pray in tongues every day, I'd be, I'd be lost. If I couldn't exercise my spiritual prayer language every day, because Jude says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It keeps you full. It's not a one-time experience being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. It's, every, it's an everyday experience with God. And we need to realize that. Sometimes we wonder why we go through the things we do, then do... You know, assess your situation and think, am I in the Word? Have I been in the Word? Am I praying? If you're not, then that's a good indication. Is why you're, in, you're having the trouble that you're, you're having, because when the devil comes knocking on your door, you got nothing in your tank. I have a book in my library written by um, Dr... Hagen's daughter, Pat Harrison. She was married to Buddy Harrison. He'd gone on with the Lord. She's still living. She wrote this book many, many years ago. She says, We often relate sin to adultery, fornication, and drunkenness. But this is not necessarily what it means in Hebrews 4.15. Of course, Jesus was never caught up in adultery, but what the Scripture really is saying, I just read you the Scripture, by the way, 
is that he went through these temptations. He was tempted in every manner that we are tempted, yet without sin. He did not fail to obey because disobedience is sin. See, some of us think, oh, that person's in adultery. That, 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 that person over there, that person over there, where you, are you doing what God's asked you? Are you tithing? No, you're in sin. Oh, now I'm going to go on, because I can tell by the look on your face you don't like this. But this preacher don't care. I'm going to preach it anyway. Jesus did not sin by... Did not sin by getting into disobedience. Disobedience is what leads us into the fleshly carnal sins. Now, let me say it this way. If, if you're having trouble with your flesh, then you're in disobedience in some area of your life. Jesus did not sin because he, he kept his eyes on the Father, listened to the Spirit, and did what he heard. We sin because we do not keep our eyes on Jesus or listen to the Spirit and act according to what the Spirit is trying to tell us. Jesus' suffering came from without. It was instigated primarily by the devil, who's the God of this world. It's often been said that we're our own worst enemies. We do not have half the things to cope with that Paul had to deal with. This shows us how easy really ha we really have it, and yet we complain. There's no one here that complains. Right? Lift your hand a day if you don't complain. The Word tells us that we must suffer with Jesus, that we may be glorified together because we're heirs and joint heirs with Him, and the glory shall be revealed in us. But it's not going to be revealed in us if we're not going to suffer with Him. Then she quotes 2 Corinthians. It says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves merely as your servants or slaves for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts, so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ the Messiah. However, we possess this precious treasure in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be of God and not from ourselves. We are hedged in, pressed on every side. Now, this you'll, you'll relate to this. Troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. You know, all the years of ministry my wife and I have been in, we've seen everything and dealt with a lot of things, the thing that we are both in agreement with, we've been perplexed. Because sometimes sheep perplex the shepherd. We, we, we walk away from a situation and we'll just look at each other and go, I don't get it. I don't understand. We just did that the other day. He says, goes on... 
We're hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped, crushed. We suffer embarrassments, are perplexed and unable to find a way out, not driven to, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, hard-driven, pursued, but not deserted. To stand alone, we are struck down on the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Always caring about in the body the liability and exposure to the same, putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered. So that the resurrection of life, of the life of Jesus, also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. Everybody, oh, I want the glory. I want the glory. We want to see the glory. It's never, I want to suffer. I want to suffer. There's no glory without suffering. We may be tossed on every side, but we will not be distressed if we let the Holy Spirit have His way and work in us. We may be perplexed, but we will not despair. We may be persecuted, but we will not be forsaken. We may be cast down, but we will not be destroyed. Just at the end of the song, is if this doesn't happen, we're still going to stand. And she quotes Galatians 6.17, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. What man may use to come against us, us, what man may use to come against us is not important. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have suffered with Him. We can rejoice and be glad because, because we have an opportunity for our faith to grow and be strong and at the same time learn the working in the way of the Holy Spirit of God then God's perfect will can always be accomplished in our lives. So no matter how many persecutions came against Him, Jesus always stayed true to the Word and Spirit. We need to make the same determination. Not staying true to the Word and the Spirit has been the downfall of many people. Say Word and the Spirit. Not staying true to it has been the downfall of many people. When the persecution comes, we begin to look at the persecutions and not stay true to the Word and the Spirit. Often, the only time we start to fight the good, of fight, the good fight of faith and pray in the Spirit and build ourselves up is when we're in trouble. We get in trouble, boy, we cry out, just like the nation of Israel did all through the Old Testament. Help us, help us, deliver us, God, deliver us. But we're supposed to remain the same in trouble and out of trouble. Remaining the same means that instead of allowing ourselves to be overcome by bad circumstances, we continually speak the Word and pray in the Spirit to stay on the same spiritual level all the time. It means not letting those bad circumstances pull us down as we do many times basically because we do not stay full of the Holy Spirit and listen to God as He's speaking to us. What gets us into trouble is that we do not remain the same. We need to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against our spirits and our souls. The only way we'll be able to do that is by learning the way of the Spirit. We need to bring our minds into subjection to the Word of God and need to listen to what is said with our spirits so that we will grow out of immaturity. Thinking you know it all is spiritual pride. The Bible tells us that pride comes before a fall. No matter how mature you think you are in God or how much you are used, if you think, bless God, I'm a prophet and I know all things, you do not. 
Just because you're a prophet does not qualify you to know all things. The only one who knows all things is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and He tells us things as He wills. There's no one that even the Spirit will tell all things. God is calling us to be a mature people to do His work and get past ourselves. Are you past yourself? I don't know. You're going to have to answer that. God is calling us to be a mature people to do His work and get past ourselves. None of us are above instruction and reproof. I'm the first one to tell you that. I get reproved a lot by God. But I will tell you what, it has grown me up and has continued to grow me up, and that is what I want. I do not want to be a baby with a bottle in my mouth and a diaper that somebody has to change. I want to be able to do things myself so that the manifestations of the Spirit can begin to work on and in and through me to reach out to someone else. We've seen that the outpouring of the Spirit is for us to reach out to others but that is not manifested in the body as we need because we've not let the Spirit within do His work. And that's what we're talking about. Dealing with the flesh. Dealing with the sin in our lives. Allowing the Spirit of God to point out to us areas in our lives that must burn up. She says we have to hear some things over and over and over, and then let them work in us. The reason we have to hear them over and over is not because we do not know them, it's because we're not letting them affect us. God is calling His body into maturity. He's saying, you've been a baby long enough. I do not like confrontation any more than anybody else. But if we're going to walk in the maturity of God then we will have to have some confrontations with somebody to get things right. There's a difference between the suffering of Jesus on the cross as our substitute and His suffering as our example. He is our example, and if we live godly lives in Christ Jesus, we will suffer persecution. Realize that. God is looking for a mature people to do His work and the reason it has not been done in the fullness that he desires is because we've not come into maturity. We are like children. And that's sad. Amen? I don't want to change diapers. She won the prize yesterday because she can change those diapers at that shower we went to. You know what? I'm tired of changing your diapers. Deal with it yourself. You got issues and problems? Everybody does. Change your own diaper. Grow up. Pastor, I don't know if I've been edified by this message today. I don't feel built up and encouraged. Now, this message was meant to bring you down to the point where you do some soul searching. We all have to do it. Let's stand up. Say, I love my pastor, even if he's a little bold. Before I pray,
Tell me something you learned today. If you're a bench warmer, you're, or if you're a frontliner, you're a flatliner. No persecution, no glory. You want to be refined and purified? Or do you want to be judged and suffer the consequences? Father, this morning we thank You for Your Word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's never changed. And it's Your Word that is what tested Joseph. And he passed the test. So, Father, I pray today, everyone here has heard Your Word. I bind Satan from stealing that word this week in the name of Jesus. I I declare and decree that word has been planted in the hearts of the people of Harvest Church. That seed will bear fruit. We allow you, Holy Spirit. In fact, lift your hands today. Don't say this and pray this if you don't mean it. Holy Spirit... I allow you to burn out the chaff. Anything that has made my flesh priority in my life, I want you more than any sinful pleasure. I purpose to be willing and obedient to follow your commands in the days ahead. Vessels of honor sanctified and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. We thank You, Father, this day in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Don't you love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Don't you love their attitude and their stand? Take that stand, amen, in the days ahead. Um, I want my... How many of you need prayer for your body? Today, if you need prayer, okay, come on up here. The rest of you are dismissed. I want my healing prayer team to come up here. God bless you. Have a good week.